0: The L.A. Clippers made it nine straight victories against their hallway rivals, the L.A. Lakers, on Wednesday night. How did they do it? Paul George, another good game, and the third quarter that made all the difference. Going to be talking about what went well, what didn't go well on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vizieri, heading into my 18th season as a Clipper fan. I shouldn't say heading into anymore. In my 18th season as a Clipper fan, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. And of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel known as Dime Dropper, where I post game day vlogs after I attend Clipper games and go live after most LA basketball games. So I went live tonight. After the Clipper Laker game, and I want to be talking about that here on Locked On Clippers. And for today's pin question for the YouTube channel, remember to subscribe; it's the fastest way to grow the show. Let me know which quarter do you think was the best for the Clippers tonight? Was it the first or the third? I want you to know. I want to ask wh- which quarter was the best and why. But in this one, the, the Clippers came out with a win. They made it nine straight victories against the Lakers, undefeated in the tie. Liu. Era, as coach, 114-101. This was a Clipper home game tonight. Luke Kennard was back in the starting lineup instead of Terrence Mann. And for the Lakers, Russell Westbrook continued to come off the bench. And I thought my first major reason as to why the Clippers won, Paul George. He's just been really fantastic lately. Ever since the first Houston game where he hit that game winner, I was at that game, He's been amazing, and it's not just been on the offensive end. He's really done it as well on the defensive end. I think his activity off the ball, he hasn't really necessarily been guarding elite players, but he's been decent on the ball, but his off-ball defense on pick and rolls, you know, having active hands in the passing lanes and some nice blocks as well here and there has just been exceptional. He's gotten a couple of steals, and I think Paul George, when he's engaged, is one of the best steal guys in the NBA. And in this game, you know what I thought was interesting was I was looking right at that first couple of minutes. Patrick Beverly, our old friend, was guarding Paul George again. And if you remember, in the first game of the season, Paul George was really struggling against Patrick Beverly and Austin Reeves. He was facing up against them, dancing against them. And Paul George had three turnovers in the first five minutes of the game in this one. I think one of them wasn't actually credited to him, but he was trying to post up, and Patrick Beverly was fronting him. LeBron came on the weak side behind him, or from the weak side behind him. And I think it was Reggie Jackson that threw a turnover. But a couple of them where Paul George was just struggling because Patrick Beverly, was really get, Patrick Beverly was really getting into him, and he turned the ball over one where he passed out of his shots and the first one where he just got the ball stripped from him. And again, it made me think, why isn't Paul George going to that elbow area? Why isn't he going to that mid-post area where he is so lethal? And when Paul George, I'm sorry, when Pat Bev came out of the game, He did. He started going to that area. He started coming off screens and hitting mid-ranges, hitting threes, started to take over. There was one amazing sequence where he hit a – Baseline fade away from the right side. On the next play, the Lakers tried to do a little small, small pick and roll action. Paul George read it like a book, intercepted the pocket pass, came down the other way, took his former teammate Russell Westbrook right to the basket with a beautiful spin move and little floater. It was just beautiful. And the Clippers, despite a hot shooting night from LeBron James, and it started in the first quarter. He made his first six shots in that first half, took a big lead. In that first quarter because of Paul George mainly. When he started to get going when Patrick Beverly came out of the game. And I don't like that I have to, you have to wait for Patrick Beverly to come out of the game for him to cook. And when he was getting the ball in that mid-post area, turn around, one dribble, zero dribbles, turn and face, shoot right over the top. It's so much easier for him. It's not even close. Why he doesn't go to it more, I will not know. And the, the counter argument is, well, you want him playmaking a little bit. You don't want it, the ball in Reggie Jackson's hands all the time playmaking. Well, tonight, it was a lot of Reggie Jackson playmaking and pick and roll, like a ton of it. A little too much for my liking, which I will get into later, but Clippers led 38-21 after one, and a large reason was because Paul George had 15 points in that first quarter, and I thought that as the game went on, especially in the beginning of that third quarter, the Clippers extended their lead yet again, I thought that he imposed his will and overall just had a very good game. The Lakers would make runs. It was a game of runs. They answered that run with a really good second quarter, locking the Clippers down, and the Clippers' offense just got really, really stagnant again. We've seen moments that this season when Paul George checks out of the game. The Clippers have a lot of trouble creating good shots, and I'm going to be talking about that more later in the pod, the negative stuff, but the Clippers did answer that run fairly well, and if they really took advantage in the third quarter. I think that's really the quarter where the Clippers... Kind of took control of the game and put themselves safely in the win column it was really in that third quarter because they not only pushed the lead a little bit up to ten or eleven, the Lakers came back. You know they went on and went on a thirteen to two run. To cut it down and tie the game at, I believe it was 73, Troy Brown started hitting some shots. Anthony Davis was starting to get into the action more on pick and rolls. And, you know, he's such a great roll threat on those athletic lobs where he can go up really high with his long wingspan. So it becomes tough when you have a guy like Westbrook or LeBron running pick and roll with Anthony Davis. And I don't think they went through that much in the first quarter. I think a large reason is to not have Zubats in the action. I think they know that Zubots is the best shot blocker in the league right now. They not want to go at him too much, but it was causing for a lot of turnovers and bad possessions for the Lakers, and I do think the Clippers' defense deserves some credit for that, but a lot of it was a sloppy offense. LeBron with two turnovers in the first. Russell Westbrook, two turnovers in the first. Anthony Davis, you know, shooting jump shots that the Clippers are going to live with all day long. You know, they showed a stat that Anthony Davis is shooting 26% on mid-ranges this season, and that is abysmal. And, you know, he's used to shoot better than that. And the Clippers will live with any time he shoots a jump shot. And in the second half, especially the third quarter, Evitza Zubots did such a great job on AD. Really woke up and had a zoo kind of half. You know, protecting shots at the rim, blocking things, making life tough on AD, being active on the offensive glass on the other end, and finishing nicely. He had this one up and under and one that was beautiful. Another finish around the rim later in that quarter. Just really good stuff from Evitza Zubots And Marcus Morris made timely shots late in that third quarter two huge threes that put the clippers up the second one putting them up 84 73 and they didn't really look back you know lebron james i have to note did come out of the game at the five minute and 30 i'm sorry five minute and 41 second mark uh, he missed the last game with a leg injury it looked like he may have re-aggravated something there you hope he's well soon just because you don't want to see a player like that get hurt but The Clippers closed it out, and it was actually Reggie Jackson. You know, I had my issues with him in the game that I'm going to get to in a second, but he closed out for the second straight game in the fourth quarter, putting Anthony Davis in the pick-and-roll a lot, but it was not really about putting Anthony Davis in the pick-and-roll as much as it was putting Austin Reeves in the pick-and-roll. And And Austin Reeves was really struggling to get over screens all night long. Reggie Jackson hit two floaters and a mid-range, and the Clippers closed it out with a 114-101 win. That's five wins in the last six games, 7-5 and record, It's looking like it's coming together now for the Clippers. Even though Kawhi Leonard's not back, Paul George playing at this level is amazing. You know, top 10 kind of stuff, top 10 player kind of stuff in the league. And when he's playing like that, the Clippers have a good chance to beat a lot of teams. But coming up, gonna be talking about the good and the bad. How did the Clippers even get it from a 17-point first quarter lead to, again, the same story, letting teams back in the game and making life tougher on themselves? Gonna be talking about that and more coming up these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free i got my job on linkedin as a rams ambassador even though i'm not somebody that's hiring i was hired through linkedin it's really easy though to post to make a free job post on LinkedIn you just got to add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com locked on NBA in all caps that's linkedin.com slash locked to post your job for free in terms of conditions apply all right thank you for making locked on clippers Your first listen today. But for your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. For the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And wherever you get your podcasts is where you're listening to Locked On Clippers. Remember to comment on today's pin question. What was the best quarter the Clippers played in this one? Was it the first or the third? I'll talk about one that wasn't, and that was the second. And, you know, when Paul George went to the bench, the Clippers should not be struggling this much. And a large reason is just because the offense just gets really stagnant. Really stagnant, a lot of dribbling, not much ball movement. And look, even if defenses are switching everything a little more and forcing isolation... You can still move the ball, have a couple ball reversals across the court to try to get them moving a little bit, take them off the dribble. You know, there's a lot of times in basketball where you just move the ball quick and defenses feel like you might have to close out. Defenses might feel like they have to close out, and that gives you a chance to take them off the dribble. Second quarter, I also have to give credit to LeBron James, though. He was making shots. As I said, he started the game 6-for-6. And Anthony Davis started to finish a little bit better. You know, the key with Anthony Davis this season is he's really struggled with his shot. If you can get him the ball on the move, kind of similar to the way Zion scores, that is more to his strengths. But obviously, he doesn't have that bully ball component of a Zion. But the lineup that was really struggling for the Clippers, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, Evitia Zubats, and Nico Batum. So with Nico Batum, its Zubats, and Terrence Mann, you don't really have creators there. It really comes down to Reggie and Norman Powell. And I think that a lot of dribbling from Reggie, man. A lot of it. Just too much. Although the Clippers also started turning the ball over. Norman Powell had an offensive foul. Nico Batum threw a bad pass. Reggie Jackson threw a bad pass that was intercepted by LeBron. A lot of tough threes. But... And the Lakers tied the game up at 48. You know, Russell Westbrook was starting to get to the basket and cause some problems. Just a lot of bad possessions for the Clippers. Paul George came in and restored order a little bit. They only had a two-point lead going into the second half. 31-16, to 16, they got outscored in that second quarter. So, gonna need better from Reggie Jackson in that second unit when he plays with them. Just overall better from everybody. I think they need to move the ball more. But it does start with the point guard. And in the third quarter, when the Clippers kind of made their move, I'd say it was in large part because of Evichy Zubac to start that third quarter. As I said, just blocking shots, contesting shots, finishing strong, rebounding, just being a real presence in that drop coverage. And when Marcus Morris Sr. was making those threes, that really was huge. Just the way Marcus Morris Sr. has made timely shots this season has been so big for the Clippers. Just threes exactly when they need it. And I will say this, though. There was a time even in the third quarter where after the Clippers went up by 11, the Lakers tied the game again, as I said, at 73. And Paul George finally started missing from the mid-post. There were actual mistakes that were forced for the first time. It felt like he had a 100% success rate of getting a good shot or scoring from the mid-post or elbow area going into this game. But Patrick Beverly in the third quarter... He did. There was one play where they doubled him, and I think that Paul just should have worked, gone to work earlier. The whole baseline side was open for him, and he didn't go there, waited for the double, and they read his pass. And then another time where he shot over his left shoulder, and Pat Bev had a good contest, and he missed it short. But a large reason why the Clippers started screwing up a little bit again in that third, I hate to be that guy, but in my opinion, Reggie Jackson, I think he was really hogging it just running pick and roll every single time with him, like as if he wasn't playing with anybody good, as if he was still playing last year. And I think a big fear of mine is, I really don't think the Clippers need to live and die by Reggie Jackson anymore. I really don't think they need to go that route. And I think he needs to be, like he needs to find a way to split on-ball Reggie and off-ball Reggie. It's a little too much on-ball Reggie for me right now. And in that third quarter, he was just not doing great things with the ball for me in that comeback when the Lakers were pushing it. And a large reason that the Clippers pushed the lead back up was when John Wall came back into the game. Automatically pushing the pace, getting guys better shots, and just getting the ball to other players who were playing better. And Norman Powell was one of those players that was playing better than Reggie Jackson. Norman had his second straight really good game. It's really good to see Norman Powell starting to play better. And he's been playing better since that second OKC game. The last seven games or so. And I like how he's been aggressive going to the basket. But he also was able to hit uh, from distance tonight. And his mid-range coming off screens when guys were in drop coverage. He knocked one down from the left wing. It was a beauty. He hit two threes on five attempts tonight. And that play where Zubat sets a screen for Norman Powell curling from the left side to the right is beautiful because not only do you have to honor norman powell driving to his right which he's really good you've got to honor zubats on the roll which means that somebody's usually coming over from the corners a lot of times the strong side corner so that's just an open corner shooter one pass away and two times in the second half the clippers scored on an open three from that exact play the first time i think it was reggie jackson coming off that curl and luke Kennard got an open three and then it was norman powell kicking it out to terrence mann For an open three. And Terrence Mann. Off the bench. 21 minutes. Seven points. Three for six on the field. One for two from three. Just a typical solid Terrence game. With good energy. And he's really been shooting very efficiently this season. No one's really talking about that. Three for six on the field. One for two from three. I mean you don't. Like there's not much more you want. He also had the highest plus minus. Tied with Paul George. Of any Clipper. With plus 16. The Clippers went nine deep tonight. Amir Coffey and Moses Moses Brown came in in garbage time, but it was a nine-man set for the Clippers. No Robert Covington, though, which was a decision made by Ty Lue, and honestly, I don't really mind it. If I'm being real, I don't think he's played that great lately. Do I want to see Robert Covington just kind of be removed from the rotation? Absolutely not. I think his time will come. But I think it's a a message that he needs to play a little better. I think he's taken some really tough threes that he doesn't need to take. I think he hasn't been great as a small ball five. And I think he's been blown by a little bit too easily on defense this year. I need to be a little bit better. But... As for Reggie Jackson, I know it was harsh on him there. I mean, John Wall, I thought, was creating some really good shots and two really good plays off the small, small pick and roll, or should I say a wing small pick and roll. There was one where Terrence Mann set a screen and slipped to the basket. John Wall found him for a dunk. Same thing with Paul George. So the Clippers were attentive on those small small pick and rolls on defense. Lakers, not so much. They got hit with those, and their communication was a little off. And that's a team that started out, second in defensive rating for after a couple games now they're in 12th and i think that number will be dropping a little bit more after this loss but i don't want to make it seem like the clippers were home free in the third quarter the fourth quarter reggie jackson brought the clippers home with three floaters or should i say three buckets in a row and just did his thing and if reggie jackson can shoot 50 percent like he did in this one continue to shoot efficiently then even though he'll have some tough moments you know like for example four turnovers in this game he will make up for it with big shots because he is a big shot maker. 14 points, 7 for 14 from the field for Reggie Jackson. But coming up, going to talk about the starters overall, the individual performances, and maybe a little bit about the Lakers side as well. Going to be talking about that coming up. All right. So to close it out, some stats from around the game. 15 turnovers on either side for each team. Uh, the Clippers shot 51% from the field, 36.4% from deep. So better than some games, not as great as you would like. The Lakers, again, not a, you know, they're the worst three-point shooting team in the league right now. They shot 31.3% from deep, 10 for 32, and then 40 for 88 from the field. So 45.5%. So not awful from the field. Third quarter, the Clippers outscored the Lakers 33-23. to And that's one thing that's been a real struggle for the Lakers this season is performing in third quarters. It's weird. It just either seems like they age or their age shows or their defensive antennas just go down. You know, LeBron James is older. And he has been pretty good in second halves this season, but obviously he wasn't 100%. Anthony Davis has had real issues in terms of translating his great first halves to second halves this season. And this game, he was actually four for seven in the second half, was doing a little better. But AD still just doesn't put enough pressure on defenses to me for how good he is. I mean, only 16 shot attempts tonight, nine for 16 from the field. He shoots efficiently at 21 points and nine rebounds, but it's not really scaring anybody on the Clippers. The fourth quarter was 27 to 26, very close. Clippers win that one by one point and win it by 14. But the nine-man rotation. As for Nico Batum, Another quiet game from him, 16 minutes, only shot one time and it was a three and he missed. Two points, six rebounds. I think he did less things wrong. Not many defensive breakdowns, in my opinion, in charge or because of him. So he was okay. I still expect to see better from Nico though, especially making some shots. As for the other guys, I already talked about Terrence Mann. John Wall, you know, the one issue I have with John, I don't think he needs to shoot threes. Like, I really don't think he needs to. Not everyone needs to shoot threes, and it's such a bailout for John for the defense, I should say, because John can get to the basket at will, and he puts so much pressure with his attacking and his driving that shooting threes is just a bailout, and he was one for five from deep. I didn't think any of them were going to go in. He made one of them in the second quarter, or it was late late first quarter, I should say, but one for five from deep, three for 10 overall from the field. He did make his free throws today, though. That was a huge thing because he's been really struggling at the line. Three for three. From the foul line, and this one for John. And he also had 10 points, four rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block, and didn't turn the ball over. So that was really big. And Norman Powell, really encouraged by what I've been seeing from him lately, being more aggressive, letting the game come to him more. Just need better from him in the second quarter when he first comes in. In both of the games, the last two wins, the Cavs and this Laker game, he played better, but it was mostly in the second half. I need a little more in the second quarter. Even though defensively, I thought in both games he improved. And you can see that in the in the second quarter as well. There was even one play in this game where he took a charge from LeBron James. Really good body positioning. Taking the hit. Nicely done by him. 18 points for him on 5-for-10 shooting and 2-for-5 from deep. Also 6-of-7 from the line. And as for the starters, Luke Kennard had a very solid game. He tends to play very well against the Lakers. And the funny part is with Kennard, he was 3-for-6 from deep. And it still feels like he wasn't that great from deep, because you literally think every shot's going to go in, but 50% is fantastic, he shot 5 for 9 from the field overall, he played 25 minutes, had 13 points, 3 rebounds and 2 assists, and no turnovers, so that was good to see. Reggie Jackson only played one more minute than John Wall, so I like that, he played 24 minutes, John played 23, Norman Powell played 24, I still want John Wall to play more minutes than Reggie, I prefer him to start honestly, but I'm still riding with Reggie. If he's going to start, I still back Ty until I get really annoyed. But right now, Reggie, I have to say, the last two games, he has been a big part of the wins. 14 points for him in this one. 7 for 14 from the field for him. That's 50%. He didn't make a 3. He shot two of them. But he made big shots in the fourth quarter when it counted. Marcus Morris just continues to be the definition of consistency, you love to see it. 11 points and 8 rebounds from him, 2 steals and 2 blocks to go along with him, and 4 of 9 from the field to go along with 3 for 5 from deep. So just the way he continues to shoot, how efficiently he does it, has been amazing. And then the main men, Ivica Zubots, Didn't have the double-double tonight, but 10 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, 4 for 4 from the field. You love to see him not missing i like to see him get more shots up as well. Paul George. Even though he tends to make the game harder for himself, I still want him in the mid-post more. Still want him in the elbow more. Less dancing at the top. 29.6 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal in 2 blocks. One of them was on Patrick Beverley, which I enjoyed immensely. 4 turnovers, though. He needs to clean that up. 10 for 17 from the field, which is amazing. Again, though, I still want him shooting 20-plus shots. 2 for 7 from deep. 7 for 9 from the line in 36 minutes of play. Just a really solid performance by the leader. Paul George has just been awesome, leading by example, and it all starts with him. So it's really good to see the Clippers get two wins in a row, five wins in the last six. They've done it by playing much better defense, starting to figure out that identity there. And I think it's a large reason, is a large reason is because of Vitsa Zubots. But also I always say it, when your best player is playing defense, the rest of the team feels like they have to play defense a lot of the time. And Paul George is setting that tone. It's really awesome to see Paul George leading this team. We're becoming used to it now. I mean, we saw it when the Clippers broke that second-round curse. We had to deal with it last season with Kawhi out, and it's continued so far this season with Kawhi missing his ninth straight game. I really hope we get any positive news on that soon. But right now, enjoy the Paul George show, Clipper Nation. This was the second sellout of the season. I mean, this game always sells out. But get to the stable center with me, guys. I mean, he's playing so well. The Clippers are playing well. It's a good Clipper team. Get to the Stable Center and support these guys. But if you want to support this podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Locked on Clippers. Comment on this, uh, today's question. What was the best quarter for the team today or in this game? Was it the first or the third? And tell me why you think that was the case. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, And of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel as well, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper content. Thanks for joining me, guys. You already know the age-old proverb. Go, Clippers. Building a little momentum here. Let's keep it going. The next game, even though I'm still going to have a pot for you guys on Friday, because I love you guys, of course. Next Clipper game is against, see, i have been so one game at a time, I haven't even noticed, is on Saturday against the Brooklyn Nets. At 1 o'clock, that game will not be featuring Kyrie Irving, I don't believe. So the Clippers should go out and get a win. But they have been playing a little better, Brooklyn. They got a big win against the New York Knicks on Wednesday night by a large margin. And Kevin Durant's playing really well right now. So as long as the Clippers try to limit him, I think they should be good. Going to talk about the Nets maybe in the next episode and just how the Clippers have been doing probably in the next episode as well. But thank you for joining me. And remember... I also want to thank you for making Locked On Clippers your first listen, but for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Go Clippers. Have a great day.